You're tuned into More Living with Jim Brogan, broadcast live from the Brogan Financial Studios at News Talk 98.7, where old-fashioned values, expert knowledge, and genuine understanding come together to give you the retirement straight talk you deserve. Jim's a former National Advisor of the Year recipient and a financial educator, and he's here today to talk about how you can live out the best years of your life. Jim and the Brogan Financial Team have been helping retirees and pre-retirees across the Southeast for over 20 years in their pursuit of financial independence. You can reach them during the week at 865-862-6800. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn, because more living with Jim Brogan starts now. Happy Saturday, East Tennessee, and welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. This is News Talk 98.7 WOKI. It is a blessed weekend uh, here as we celebrate Holy Week. And we've got several things on store for you today. Uh, First, I want to talk about Knoxville a little bit. You know, this time of year might be one of the best for exploring Knoxville outdoors. You know, the weather's cool, not too humid, and you can take in the beauty of the dogwoods and the flowers. And Knoxville has a very rich history. There are some wild tales of heroes and hardened criminals that are really part of the hidden lore of of our unique East Tennessee town. The Knoxvillians who came before us have been an inspiration for works of art, books, and movies. This morning we have Laura still with us. Laura is the founder of Knoxville Walking Tours, an organization that offers tours of areas of downtown Knoxville that take you back in time and tell the history of Knoxville and some of its infamous in addition to famous inhabitants. Good morning Laura, welcome to More Living. It's great to have you with us. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate the time. Yes, ma'am. Laura, how did you get interested in the stories of Knoxville's past, and then what inspired Uh, you to start Knoxville Walking Tours? Well, I was working downtown. I had a couple of part-time jobs, and one of them was at the Visitor Center on the corner of Summit and Gay Street. And people, I was a receptionist, people kept coming in and asking for a tour guide. And in 2006, we did not even have a tour guide in Knoxville, so... Uh, I started thinking about it then, thinking, you know, uh, somebody should do this, and I kept trying to get people that were more qualified than me to to take this on, but uh, they just kept pushing. Jack Neely was one of those that I kept saying, Jack, you should do this. You know, you you know all these stories, and he said, no, 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 this is your idea. (laughs) You you should do it, so he kept pushing it back on me, and other people kept, you know, loaning me books and telling me things I should know about, and uh, I did some research, and by 2012, I was ready to step out there and try it, so I've been doing it ever since. Well, and I know you have a history. You mentioned Jack Neely um, with Knox History Project. Uh, We've had Jack on several times over the years. It's so fascinating to hear him talk about things Knoxville, Um, and, and really there have been great discoveries made. A partnership with Knoxville History Project seems like a natural fit. Is that ultimately how that came about? Yes. When they formed the Knoxville History Project, I had already been doing tours for a while, and Jack was a, a friend of mine and also just someone that uh, whose work, whose writing I admired a lot. So uh, we had a meeting, and I you know, said I, I, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for you, so I wanted to do something for to support their work and 
all my downtown tours support the Knoxville History Project. So uh, anytime I do a tour, part of the ticket price will go to them and uh, oh. help their efforts to you know discover and preserve uh, Knoxville history. So when you think, Laura, about people who've walked our streets, what's one of your favorite stories? Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's like trying to choose your favorite <laughs> child. <laughs> it really is. But, oh no. Uh, but I mean, I do 13 different tours, and it's really hard to choose my favorite one. Um, there's some really crazy stories about Knoxville, and I think those are the ones that I tend to to look for when I'm looking for a tour uh, and trying to put together a, 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 a series of stories. Uh, I started in 2012 with a tour called the Gunslingers Tour, and it's about all the old gunfights and shootings just that, that happened just right downtown on Gay Street even, <laughs> so a lot of them on yeah. Gay Street. So uh, it was – I knew a few of those stories through Jack and other friends, and I just started researching those. And Jack sat down with me and helped me work out a route, you know, for how to do the how to do the, uh, the walking part of it and go to the locations where these things happened. And that was the, one of the first tours that I did, and it's still one of uh, my more popular tours. The stories on that one are really great. And – you know, these are things that might be horrifying if they happened yesterday. But, yeah. But well, are, yeah, Jack actually talked about the one, um, and you'll know the details, I guess, but with the, t the father and son that ended up, along with the banker, that all three of them ended up dying. And it was right yeah, there on yeah, Gay right Street. On, it was, yeah, right there on the, on, on a, right out close to the Tennessee Theater, <laughs> where the Tennessee Theater yeah. is today anyway. So it's, it's, a, it's a very famous triple homicide and known all over the world because it was uh, – Mark Twain put it in a, his, as a footnote in his book, Life on the Mississippi. So uh, I had that the classic edition of Life on the Mississippi in my hands last fall. I was visiting some relatives, and I picked it up and said, okay, I'm going to look at that footnote and make sure it's still there. And it was. So it tells the whole story, names included, places included. So. It's pretty wild to think about those kind of things. Now, your latest tour, Laura, is Misbehaving Women. So tell us, tell our listeners about some of the interesting things that they might hear on this tour. Well, as you know, Tennessee was the 36th state to ratify the Susan B. Anthony Amendment, which allowed women all over the U.S. to be able to vote. And it made it the law of the land. So right here in East Tennessee, we had lots of ladies who worked very hard to uh, for women's rights and for the right to vote. And so I started uh, started this project with the History Project. We got a grant from the Pup uh, Knoxville Pup County Library, and I started doing research on these women to kind of try to throw some light maybe on some of those who hadn't been talked about before. And it's really, uh, you know. Hard to find women, especially married women, because they didn't go by their you know their first name wasn't usually mentioned. <laughs> you had to find their husband's name, and try to look them up that way. But uh, this, you know, Lizzie Crozier French, who's the center figure of the uh, suffrage memorial statue on Market Market Square, is kind of the central figure uh, on that tour. But I do bring in a lot of other ladies that we don't uh, maybe don't realize are were there and marching alongside Lizzie, because of course she couldn't do this by herself. So. I talk about some of the first women elected to office, like Annie Davis and Lala Arnstein and Jane Denny, people who maybe just didn't get quite the attention that Lizzie did, um, but they were ladies that were, you know, working for the vote as well and were officers in uh, um, 
suffrage organizations all over town and did a lot of work behind the scenes, so to speak. So uh, a lot of fun on that tour is talking about how the women managed to work around their restrictions of their existence. It's very hard for us as modern women to realize that we weren't allowed just to, you know, to go out to lunch with your lady friends was just something you didn't do back in those days. <laughs> it, you know, it was, it was your reputation was at risk if you did, if you were seen in the wrong place without a male escort. So um, these ladies had to work around all these restrictions. And that's part of the fun of that tour is talking about how they figured out how to do that and uh, to work together and realize that by collective action, they could be more powerful than doing, uh, doing than individual voices one at a time. Now these tours, I mean, there's, it looks like there's what, maybe not eight or nine different tours that you offer. Um, Actually, there's 13. <laughs> 13. I guess I'm not counting them right. Yeah, there's a lot here. Uh, um, so do uh, you book those? Do people book those? Um, are those all custom booked, like at, at, or, or do you have specific times and dates? Yes. Well, currently now we're doing them. Uh, it's you called the phone number, which is 865-309-4522, and it's on the website, which is knoxvillewalkingtours.com. And what we usually recommend is people look on the website and look at the different tour descriptions and see what they think, you know, sounds like it might be fun, might be something they're interested in, and then give us a call. Uh, we found, you know, during the pandemic, we had to close for about four months. And when we reopened, we found that it was uh, seemed to be better for people to be able to book the tour they wanted at the time they wanted to do it. So before that, we had a regular calendar, and we would just throw tours up there trying to see who would sign up. But it seems to be more popular with our customers to be able to call us and say, well, I want to do, say, the Gunslinger Tour at 1030 on this Saturday or next Saturday or whatever. So that gives them a little bit more flexibility that way. And uh, we How many people have, do you need we, in order to book a tour like that? We just need to have three adult tickets sold to book a tour. So that is – most of the tours are $20 a piece. Uh, they're an hour and a half long. Uh, the Civil War tour is two hours because I just could not squeeze the information down any further than that. But uh, it's it's $25. But most of them uh, – it's so it's a minimum of 60 to $75 to book a tour. We're visiting this morning with Laura Steele here on More Living, and we're talking about uh, touring Knoxville on foot. When we come back, we'll get into some of the other tours, including uh, their musical tours. So stay with us. This is More Living with Jim Brogan right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Welcome back. This is More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm Jim Brogan, and we're with you every Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. and again 3 to 4 p.m. You can also catch all of our show's podcast on our website. Go to broganfinancial.com and click on radio. We're visiting this morning with Laura Steele, uh, and we're talking about touring Knoxville on foot. She, of course, is the founder of Knoxville Walking Tours. And, Laura, I'm a musician, and I actually have a Bachelor of Music, a BS in music education, actually. Um, you have a musical history tour, which I'm sure is fascinating, what are some of Knoxville's music? And we've talked to Jack a little bit about this too. But talk to us a little bit about Knoxville's musical roots. 
Well, of course, everybody associates this area with country music, and that is one of our big uh, um, historical finds is we sort of came up with our own music. Bluegrass and mountain music uh, came from this area originally, but uh, I think when uh, people do my music tour, they will be surprised to find out how much uh, other musical history we have. We have uh, the roots of rock and roll and uh, several famous jazz musicians who came from this area. Uh, rhythm and blues as well, and even classical music stories come into the picture. So it's a, it's a really interesting tour because of the connections with the rest of the world that we can, that we can make from here in Knoxville. And of course, we are a pretty big, you know, as you know, as a musician yourself, that we have a lot. We still have lots of musical connections here in town. We have a huge amount of musical festivals, uh, the Rossini That's Festival, right. the Bl- Biggers Festival, all these things, you know are kind of a part of our history, and it's just like uh, almost natural that if you know the history that these things would be coming to Knoxville and continuing to, to happen here. Uh, in, I think in uh, spring and summer, we probably have over a dozen just small musical festivals within this area, and I think the Southern Skies Festival is coming up next. It's going to be down at the fair site uh, in May, I believe. So that is a, you know, it's a huge thing. Well, and when you think of the diversity of the music styles from classical to opera to, I mean, pop and everything in between country, um, I I would think, you know, the University of Tennessee being here probably has a pretty big impact on all of that, I would think, in terms of the diversity of the music. Well, I think probably the uh, because the university is here is why we have some of the opera and classical history that we that we have. Well, and even jazz. Um, when you look at what's over there with the faculty, um, one of the yeah. top cl- contemporary classical orchestral writers in the in the world is right here. You know, has been on staff at UT. Yes, that's true. And uh, the uh, you know our musical history is something that's, as you point out, is still going on today. So uh, it's it's a tour that I constantly have to kind of update and, and improve. And that's one of the things I do try to do when I learn something new or find another great story. I try to work it into a tour that if I'm already doing a music tour or a literary tour, I try to work that story into a tour because I want my tours to be something that, you know, isn't just a rote script that uh, you can, that people sure. kind of, you know, learn and say, okay, I've done that when I'm finished, but it's it's constantly changing, and just like history is constantly being discovered, uh, Jack has found so much more since they did the uh, uh, Paper to Pixels project with the library. There's so much more information available uh, at, the, at your fingertips. You can, you can look things up that you normally would have had to spend hours in the microfiche <laughs> uh, re, you know, doing unreeling these, these long uh, – rolls of microfilm to try to find one small detail, but now it's much easier to find. Mm-hmm. And it's really improved our research uh, and, and made it much more accurate. So I'm constantly improving the accuracy and the historical accuracy in, in particular of all the tours. And the music tour is one of those that's constantly changing. It's just such an interesting story to begin with. And then there's constantly new history being made in, in that particular field. So. Now, Laura, in the fall, you offer some spooky tours to coincide with Halloween, and you've got a guide, A Haunted History of Knoxville. And I know, although year-round you tour Old Gray Cemetery, which is located just north of downtown, what is the history of Old Gray Cemetery? Well, it is our oldest cemetery, the first one that was uh, 
built in Knoxville that was laid out in 1851. And so for many years, it was our only cemetery. So the interest that makes it very interesting because people, uh, pretty much everyone was buried there that didn't have a churchyard or a family plot. And so that means that people, that, that incident where people shot each other on Gay Street we were talking about earlier, they're all buried there in the same cemetery. <laughs> So you can imagine how hard those funerals were to arrange. So uh, there's lots of great stories like that in Old Gray, where people who really disliked each other in life end up right across the street from each other at Old Gray. So it's kind of a lesson to all of us that you know you're going to end up in the same place anyway. You better try to get along. So it's a, and it's like I said, it's sort of a microcosm of Knoxville's history because most of the burials took place between 1860 and 1910, and those were some very Busy years, the Civil War took place during that time, and uh, the marble industry was huge. So the monuments in Old Gray are just amazing. And the funerary symbolism is something that uh, if just looking at the monuments, you don't understand unless you start researching what these particular things mean. So the, the Victorians were really into having a message, uh, a symbolic message tied in with their tombstones. So. Now, you spend so much time exploring Knoxville, Laura. If you had to pick your favorite spot, what would it, what would you pick? Oh, gosh. You know, there's nothing to me more wonderful than walking down uh, Market Square on a Sunday afternoon when nothing is scheduled and the place is full of people, just out, families out there having fun. And, you know, just enjoying the public space that's been ours since 1853. So I have to say that Market Square is probably pretty close to my favorite spot. But, you know, I also love uh, the old courthouse on Main Street. Uh, it's a wonderful spot for history. It was our, our main courthouse for many years. And even lesser known parts of downtown like the uh, LMU Law School, which is the old Tennessee School for the Deaf, uh, it has a wonderful history, especially during the Civil War when it was used as a hospital, first by the Confederate Army and then by the Union Army. So uh, there's all these beautiful little spots that people maybe drive past every day. Uh, the oldest graveyard in Knoxville is right there behind the Tennessee Theater at First Presbyterian Church. So it's just, you know, James White, William Blunt, you know, the most famous, our most famous frontier names are buried right there in downtown. So. It's just such a nice, compact little area that you can walk from spot to spot in a few minutes and totally you know, change decades and centuries even uh, in just a few steps. It's just, it just amazes me every time. It's so clear talking to you, Laura, that you just, you're a fountain of information. Um, it's, it's, it's remarkable hearing you talk about all the different things that you've learned about Knoxville. If someone had... Just an hour to spend downtown. Where would you tell them to go? Uh, well, I would probably tell them to go to Market Square and look there uh, at at the you know the different statues and the bell and kind of enjoy the the, the ambiance. I guess you would say of the place. There's also uh, you know the East Tennessee History Museum is a huge resource, and also, I'm also a member there and support their efforts as well. And they're just a block away from Market Square, so that's a wonderful place to go if you want to know more about this area to just walk through and just get a little bit of a, a primer, I guess you would say, <laughs> on East Tennessee. But I suppose if if 
one of my favorite things is to, and it's sounding, people might think this sounds a bit morbid, but I love to go down to the State Street uh, graveyard next to Presbyterian Church and just sit there, especially this time of year when all the trees are blooming. It's just magical. They have a bench under one of the red uh, redbud trees. That's my favorite place to just sit and just look at the beautiful trees and all the flowers blooming in the graveyard. It's just and you can look down the, you know, down the hill to where the first creek used to run and and walk from there to the river in just a few minutes. So, like I said, every place downtown has a little bit of magic in it. And if you know its story and you know the different stories that are attached to to that corner, that block, every place downtown just becomes magical to you because you, you see all these other people that were there before you and you come, become much more attached but to me, it gives you a great sense of belonging to know all these things. Well, Laura, um, Knoxville Walking Tours, tell tell our listeners how can they find out more information and find out more about the tours you offer and how to book a tour. Okay. Uh, if they'll go to our website, knoxvillewalkingtours.com, as I said, you can, there's a, a, a description of the tours there. I'll just click on the little heading that says tours, and it'll go to a page that describes each of the tours that we do. Uh, we also have some custom tours, uh, so if you don't see quite what you want there or you have questions, uh, call us at 865-309-4522, and Brent is my business manager. He will answer your questions. He'll, he can book you a tour and help you find you know, just the one that you uh, feel like you'd like to talk, talk about, the one you, you think you're interested in, see if uh, he can book a, a convenient time for you and your, and your guests to do that particular tour. So. That's great. So KnoxvilleWalkingTours.com. You can also call at 309-4522. Laura Steele, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to talk to us about all of the history or, well, I mean in 30 minutes, but, you know, uh, talking about the different, (laughs) you know, just give us a, let's just say this, give us a little bit of a glimpse into the history of Knoxville and how people can get more engaged and learn more about what is really a very interesting city. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I do appreciate your time. Yes, ma'am. That's Laura Steele. She's uh, the founder of Knoxville Walking Tours. Again, you can learn more at knoxvillewalkingtours.com.